Hello, welcome to the Dear Nikki podcast, where I'm going to be giving you personalized user research advice based on your questions or struggles. So let's dive into today's episode. Hello, so excited to be here today uh, with our first question uh, for our first actual episode. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate all the all the support that I got when I um, announced this podcast to my newsletter. Um, each and every one of you that reached out to me, thank you so much. Uh, it means it means a lot to me, um, especially because this is this is a bit nerve wracking, you know, <laughs> uh, doing doing a super new thing um, and uh, not knowing exactly where it's going to go or if I'm even going to get any questions. <laughs> I think that that was, um, that was a bit stressful at first, but here we are. We have a question um, and I am, I'm really, really excited to answer it. So uh, this first question, um, I'm going to read it out loud. Um, so I took notes on it um, and we'll, we'll read it because the person did ask for me not to play their voice. Uh, and I um, just want to make sure that everybody feels uh, as comfortable as possible um, to, um, to actually submit these questions. Um, so um, the first question that came in is <laughs> with not a big surprise about stakeholder relationships. So the person asked, um, how have you worked with companies where you're a user research team of one and people don't know how to incorporate user research or a researcher into the rituals that you want to be a part of? So more importantly, how do you get included in those rituals? So that's the first question that I got. And the follow-up question to that was, how do you know when it's not working out and when it's time to switch companies, jobs, or teams when you're not really getting anywhere? So. I'm going to try to answer both of these questions in, in this particular episode. Um, and, um, hopefully, hopefully I can do that, uh, without, without too much of a problem going, going over that 20, 30 minute mark. Um, because I, I feel like they are both important and they make a lot of sense together, but, um, I will start with the first one. So, um, working as a team of one in a place where people don't really know how to incorporate user research um, or user researchers into um, rituals um, that, that you're looking to be a part of. So the first thing that I would say is, so I've, I've dealt with this a lot. I was a user research team of one for most of my career um, because I, I actually love being a user research team of one, especially now. Um, I, I, feel, I feel very comfortable in that space after doing it for such a long time. But um, when I was starting out as a user research team of one, um, what, what would often happen is I would be coming into the company where I was, you know, um, the first and the only. Um, either there wasn't any research done before or there wasn't a lot of research done uh, or other people had done research and it wasn't done in the best way. Um, and so um, research in general, as in, in terms of like quality user research, was new to a lot of people. So um, I struggled a lot with this. So I, I started out my, my career um, kind of like begging stakeholders or trying to convince stakeholders about the importance of user research and how, you know, we have to plan ahead. I want to be part of planning. I want to be part of these uh, kind of like rituals um, that, that this person asked about. Um, and I would often beg, <laughs> um, for, for calendar invites or for meetings or, you know, to see a roadmap, um, and, and to be, to be included in the team, uh, that ended up 
not working out for me uh, long term. Of course, it did work out for me for a little bit. Um, but what I learned is that actually bred a lot of resentment um, and anger and frustration on my part. So you know, I would I would see meetings in people's calendars, you know, and I'd be like, oh, like, why didn't you invite me to that? Like, come on, like, hey, you know, like I've asked this before or like I would I would get wind of, you know, um, a feature that is being uh, created and it's like I, I look at it and it's like in the process of being developed. I'm, I'm like, hey, we, you know, we could have tested that. Um, so um, there are a few things that I changed um, in order to make my relationships with stakeholders more sustainable over time and to not feel that anger, to not feel that resentment. So what I did is I started, um, and you, you, you might've heard me say this before, um, because this is like, I guess <laughs> like a, a newer thing, um, that I'm trying to, um, get into people's minds, but, um, I started thinking about and treating my colleagues and stakeholders as users. Because when it comes down to it, right, we have our users, like our customers, um, whether you bid B2B, B2C, like you have people who are using your products or services, and those are the people that you are doing your best to advocate for, right? But if you think about it, as a researcher, like the things that you are creating for your team, so for your colleagues, for your stakeholders, whether those are like deliverables, like personas, journey maps, reports, um, emails, you know, um, usability bingo, like all, all of these, all of these things, stoplight charts, regardless of what it is and what, regardless of what you're creating, you in essence are creating something that people are trying to use to make better decisions, right? As researchers, we are a support system. We are there to help our teams make better user-centric decisions. So involving you in rituals, um, involving you in, in planning, you know, getting, um, getting ahead of things and, and, and talking to you about features that need to be tested ahead of time, like, and, and then, and then you, your deliverables are all a user experience and the users are our stakeholders. And so I made that switch, um, I want to say like probably like five or six years into my career, which is quite late maybe. Um, I've, I've heard of people doing it beforehand, which like kudos to them. Uh, it took me a really long time. Um, but like I making that switch from thinking about my colleagues and stakeholders as like trying to convince them, trying to beg them, and then viewing them as users was really, really important for me. So what what that did is that had me instead of feeling like this resentment and like being like please listen to me these are important please include me in these rituals um i switched over to like a researcher mindset right and so i instead of begging was like okay let me try to understand why people are acting the way that they're acting right what are their goals what are their needs like what are they trying to accomplish and how do I, or how can I, or how might I, you know, how might we statements, um, fit into that in a positive way? So let's say we have our common rituals. I'm not sure exactly which rituals um, we're, we're talking about because there are quite a lot of one, different ones. Um, but let's say like kickoffs or, or roadmap planning um, are, are all very important rituals for researchers to be a part of. So um, let's say that um, a very a very common um, struggle is that you know you kind of see a feature 
that's coming through that could have and should have been tested. Um, and that's come through and there's no time to test it anymore. And you're just kind of sitting there like, wait, where did this come from? Right. And so you weren't included in any of the rituals, like the planning process, the kickoff process, um, and, and research just like wasn't a part of, of this person's process. So what I started doing instead of going to that person and saying, hey, like, you know, you should have included research, like next time we need to include research because research is really important and like kind of like in a way lecturing these people. <laughs> um, instead of doing that, I said, okay, let me take a step back. Let me let me approach this from from a researcher's mindset. So I went to that person and I was like, hey, like I saw this, this feature come through. Um, I, I, I think it might have been helpful for, for research to be a part of it. But what I'm trying to understand is, you know, why? Why was research kind of like not a part of this? What were your concerns with research? You know, because um, oftentimes we come up with like time and money. Um, so budget and uh, efficiency of research. So, oh, we just needed to get this feature out. Uh, so we needed to do it as quickly as possible. So... What I recommend doing is like going and trying to like meet with that like curious mindset, meet that person with that curious mindset. So it's like, oh, like I'm curious, like why isn't research involved in roadmap plan planning? Or like what uh what are your needs? What are your goals? What are you trying to achieve this this quarter? Um, have you worked with research in the past? How has it gone for you if you have like what are some terrible things that have happened so like getting all those things out on the table of like what are those terrible things that have happened when it comes to user research like what are some bad moments that you've had what are some good moments that you've had if any you know like if research if if research could help you in any way you know what would that look like for you if research could be part of the process in your ideal way what would that also look for you look like for you so what i kind of recommend is like it's it's the same thing that we do with our customers, but we do this with our stakeholders. Don't worry as much about like asking leading questions, asking future-based questions, all things that I say like, hey, don't do this with our with our customers. Don't worry about that as much because it's it, it's meant to be a, a much more casual conversation where you're uncovering information. So um, when I started doing this, like I, I had a few product managers. <laughs> Sorry, product managers, if any of you are listening. <laughs> um, I had a few product managers that like just like would not include me in the process over and over again. Like I kept being like, please, like research is important, but they were like, ah, time. Um, and like first things first, I had to take a step back and say, you know what? For me, user research is the most important thing, right? For me, I think user research is the most important thing. That is not something that I can project onto other people. That is not fair, right? Because those people have so many other goals. They have so many other to-dos. They have so many other things on their radar that are, that are outside of user research. So for a product manager, user research isn't necessarily the most important thing. What the most important thing is, is their goals, right? So I had to first take a step back and realize to, not to everybody is user research the most important thing right? And that's a really great understanding for you to be able to take a step back and, and recognize that these people are trying to do something that is like their own goal. Like we are all trying to work towards our own stuff. We are all trying to perform better. We're all tr trying to go for that promotion. We're trying to get a pay raise. We're trying to get, uh, you know, recognition, all of these things we are trying to go for. We're trying to hit our KPIs. We're trying to like get these metrics up. You know, we're, we're nervous. We're scared um, that somebody's going to see something that, uh, that's bad, that we're going to make a mistake. 
right? We are all under that pressure in various ways. Um, for me as a researcher, right, it's like getting your research recognized, making sure that you're showing value and impact and, you know, so that people just don't like cut your department, um, you know, um, helping teams, um, uh, helping users, like all of those are things that I want to, to be able to show at the end of the day. And your colleagues have the same things, but they're not necessarily user research related. So that's the first thing is that mindset shift. And then seeing how user research can help them achieve those goals, how user research can come into the process and working together on how it can in order to make their goals more achievable, right? So then that's the second step is going in and I, I was I was talking to those product managers and I was like, listen, okay, how can we make this work? You know, like what are some bad experiences you had? And I did like the whole like kind of like stakeholder interview as I would like a researcher. I'm like, um, or to to my to customers, I'm like, okay, what were pain points? What are your needs? What are your goals? Right. And and I would actually go through and like map that information out into like an affinity diagram and a journey map so that I understand like what they're trying to achieve, what their needs are, what the tasks that they're doing, where are some pain points, what are research pain points, like all of these things. So like I could go back to them with a solution. So rather than me being like, hey, include me, hey, include me, hey, include me. Instead, I went back to them and I, I did all of this. Um, I asked all these questions and I did all this research and I was like, listen, okay, your goals are, let's say, let's take a retention team. Your goals are to like, uh, you know, increase increase retention by X percent, you know, o- over the quarter. That's a, a very vague goal, but hey, <laughs> I've actually heard that, you know. Or we can say, um, hey, like where we want to get, um, you know, X percentage more um, accounts created, right? So uh, acquiring more more customers that that um, create accounts. So I say, all right. So here is how I can help you achieve their goal, those goals. So uh, what I can do is I can do first a heuristic evaluation on like the onboarding flow or on whatever content gets people to um, to make an account or the page where people go to sign up for account. I can do quick testing, like a heuristic evaluation. So that's just me not talking to any users and point out some of the things that might be quick fixes. And then what I can do is I can set up a moderated test and this test will take X amount of time because I know that you were concerned that research takes a lot of time. But since we're doing an evaluative research test, we can test with this these seven participants in this segment, right? And then we can go and that can be done in two weeks. Right. Of course, that depends on how long your recruitment takes and and planning and processes. But hey, we can do this in two or three weeks. I know that you are concerned that research is going to take us two months, but I'm telling you that I can do this lean version of research in like two or three weeks, you know, and get us results. Right. So what I did is I asked those questions. I figured out fears and anxieties. I figured out their goals and needs, and I placed user research into those areas. I was like, hey, this is exactly how I can help you achieve those, those goals. Hey, your, your pain point is, is a concern about, um, about timing. I can do this research in three weeks, right? So what that means then is like when, a when something comes up on your radar, include me, or even better yet, if you put me into this roadmap planning or like any sort of planning, what I can do is I can make sure that I'm always two weeks ahead of you, right? So Oftentimes what happens is we come to stakeholders with a problem, 
right? Um, and with like our mindset of like, we're not getting included, right? So instead what I did is, is I shifted that in terms of like really understanding what their processes were, where I could be a part of their processes, where I could help make them more efficient, right? And how I could help them achieve their goals. And then I took their anxieties and I said, these are ways that I can do research that mitigate your fears, right? And then I came to them with those solutions. So for for one particular stakeholder, I, I, I just like, I couldn't get into this like planning process, no matter how hard I tried, even when I went for that approach. So what I actually ended up doing was I was like, okay, I'm going to set up a continuous research program at this company. And within that continuous research program, what I am going to do is I'm going to give you like a slot in it. If you want, you get like, there, there are two slots in it. So two teams can test. And so you can get a slot in this, right? And within that, that person then said, oh, okay, so this is like kind of like on my terms. So I get to choose the slot and da, 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 da. And then what happened is they started choosing that slot and then they started getting results. And then suddenly they wanted to bring me into the team, right? So you do, you do have to like show that value, but you do that by understanding where people are, what they need, what their goals are, what their processes are, what their pain points are right? And then coming up with a solution on how you can fit into those processes, why you can fit into those processes, how you can show value, right? Like what's the point of you being there? How will you show value? And then saying, you know, here is that solution for you that hits this, this, and this. It's a lot of work up front, um, I will say, but it's worth it because one, it's a great learning experience. So knowing how to do this, the more you do it, the easier it gets. Like I can now walk into a company that's like kind of user research adverse and be like, I'm fine, right? Here's my, here's my process. And it's obviously easier if you, when you're starting at a company to start out with these kinds of things, because there's, you know, you're making first impressions, people are more likely to be nice to you. <laughs> um, but, you know, now I can walk into a company and I can, I can say, okay, you're user research adverse. Okay, fine. Uh, these are the steps that I'm going to take. I'm going to understand you like you are a user and a customer of my work and like the things that I can hopefully do for you. And through that, I am going to deliver solutions and deliverables, right, that actively help you. So that's what I would recommend. And I'll link to some um, resources in, in the comments. There, there is an article about um, like treating stakeholders as users and, and a video about that as well. And, and I'll also link to my continuous research um, program guide uh, that might be helpful for you because continuous research programs are as well a really great way to like sneakily get people to feel as though it's on their terms. However, you're actually setting the cadence for it. And then you're almost like proving your worth through doing this continuous research that people feel like they're signing up to. So it's like a really odd like power play kind of. Um, so I will also link to that in the in the show notes. <laughs> um, and so I know that we're almost coming up on, I can't believe I just spoke for 19 minutes. <laughs> on this. Um, I hope that that was helpful. Um, and I, I kind of want to like piggyback off of what I just said to address this next question. So um, how do you know then when it's time to leave? So these things, doing switching this mindset, one takes time for you and two takes time for other people to catch on. So what I usually say, um, if uh, and, and I, I 
have gone into many user research adverse um, environments. And my boundary from the get-go, what I learned is if after I, I give this my all after six months and there has been no traction, I'm it's time to go because the the worst thing that you can do is continue to hit your head against a wall for over six months, right? I do always say like, I have seen transformations happen at three months. I've seen them happen faster. Like I have been a part of a research adverse company and I got the traction by like truly like people because when you ask stakeholders these questions, they're like, oh, you care about me. And like, you care about my needs. You care about like my goals. Like you're invested in me and you're trying to help me through your craft and that creates trust. So, um, but trust takes a, a while to like build up to. So I have seen things happen faster than three months. I have seen transformations happen in three months. And, you know, for one company, I was right at the six month mark and it's just started to transform. And I was like, fine, <laughs> I'll give this another three months. And it did transform, right? But I have also been at a company where after six months of me doing this, of me shifting my mindset, of me trying to understand people, trying to get into things, um, get into these processes in this manner, um, and nothing happened. And I was like, it's time. It's time for me to go because um, there is nothing worse as a user researcher than career stagnancy. If you are not learning anything, if you're just hitting your head against the wall, if like you're just sitting there doing usability test after usability test and it's all rushed and it's all unmoderated and you know it's not worth it, start looking because you you don't want to stop learning. That is like the detriment is when we get into situations in which we're not learning anymore because of the environment potentially, or because you've outgrown the company or because you've hit a ceiling, it doesn't matter. But for this particular reason, it might be environment wise and culture wise, start looking. And that's like, and you know what, just because you start looking does not mean that you give up necessarily. Um, It doesn't mean that you did a bad job. It doesn't mean that you're not good enough. There are just some environments where research doesn't make sense. Right. Um, And you know what, it might also be that you're not the best fit for that culture and that environment. And that's okay, right? It is okay to not be a good fit. It's okay to not be in a place in your career where you can enact change in a certain environment or culture, right? It's actually better to recognize that and say, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Or like, this isn't for me because then you're acknowledging and being aware of you know, yourself and where you need to be in order to learn. And I I, I just want to stress that because when I have, for lack of a better word, failed at this, which I don't mind failing. I think failure is fantastic. Um, when I have failed at, at transforming a company or, you know, um, getting research really started um, at, at an organization, I have felt really bad in the past. It's like, I'm not good enough. How could I, like, I'm not a good researcher. I can't be like, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. Like all, all of this negative self-talk. But like, that is not necessarily true. It just means like everything, the timing was not right. Whether it's that culture, whether it's your level and where you are right now, the timing just wasn't right. And that is okay. It is okay to not have great timing because we have bad timing 
all over, like all the time in our lives. You know, there's bad timing happens. Like we miss a train, we miss a bus, you know, <laughs> like one relationship didn't work out. This friendship didn't work out. You know, this, this like idea that we have didn't work out because of the timing and like, it's okay. So I am here to say as well, like just because you could not enact change in that time or you were not able to do that does not reflect on you and your skills as a user researcher. But what I would encourage you to do is say, hey, this is something that I'd love to work up to, but in order to work up to it and in order to continue learning, I need to do this in like an environment that's better for me, right? Because there's no point in just continuously hitting your head against the wall. So I, I always give it that six month point of really giving it my all. Um, if there's a if there's something that happens like at three months where I'm just like, everybody hates me and like, nobody wants to t even talk to me, then like, of course, like bail at three months if that's how you feel. But I, I generally try and give it that six months of like really trying hard. And if at month five, like in that, in that time where I said like I was right up at the six months um, before I saw the transformations taking place, I was interviewing because at month five, I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> this isn't working. And so I started interviewing and then I saw the transformations in that like month take start to take place finally. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to stay because this is really interesting now. So I hope that, that was helpful. Um, and I, I, um, I really appreciate the, um, the question and and again um i will i will link to some more of those um resources that i that i had mentioned uh, when i was talking in in the show notes um for you to kind of dive deeper and and get even more um information but i i really hope that that was helpful and i will say that this is stakeholder management and stakeholder relationships are really difficult you know they're not meant to be easy but i think it's that like mindset shift that has uh, that has such a huge impact right like treating these people like they are your customers because they are they're using your materials they're using your processes they're using your frameworks you know and and being able to treat them like that and truly understand them you know not only will be great for you um, but it will be great for your relationship because you want to cultivate that feeling of trust. So I really highly recommend trying to see it from that perspective and, and giving that a go. And then again, if it doesn't work out, it's not the right time. It's not the right culture. It's not the right fit. And it's okay to move on, right? It's okay to let go of this stuff. It's, it's, it's not, it's not always worth it to hold on to something. We have like loss aversion, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, I've already put in so much time, you know, but for this, you need to keep learning as a researcher. You need those opportunities. You need that 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 positive environment and that positive reinforcement to continue learning, right? And sometimes not all environments are like that, right? And maybe you come back later to an environment that's like after you've had different experiences, after you've had more support, and you come back to a user research adverse uh, company or, or organization, and you can and you can enact that change because you've had that experience, you've had that support. But first, you need it, right? We can't always be great at everything <laughs> just off the bat. We need that support. Um, so yes, um, I hope that that was helpful for everybody who listened. Um, I'd love to love to hear um, any feedback. Um, I'll, I'll pop my um, email in the in the show notes um, for for any feedback, of course. Um, and yeah, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but please hit subscribe. <laughs> And thanks for listening. Um, don't forget to submit questions. Um, they the the link to submit questions will be in the show notes. If people are having a really hard time with with the voice um, voice questions, I, I can also try and open it up to you know email questions and and stuff like that. Um, 
but just trying to go with the MVP and make my life a little bit easier for right now. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, I really, really appreciate um, all of your support um, and uh, this question. And I, I hope that it was helpful. Uh, and I am looking forward to chatting next time. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and submit your next question. And I look forward to talking to you all soon. Bye.